0: The book of Titus, chapter number three, is um, is kind of in line with what uh, the testimonies have been this morning, uh, with right in line with the songs that have been sung, um, and so we'll try to uh, just give you a few things here and finish up Titus chapter number three, and so we know where we're at here. We're in, put them in mind to be subjects of verse one. Uh, to be subject to principalities and powers and uh, verse number two to speak evil of no man and be no brawlers and gentle and showing meekness unto all men and uh, so verse number three gives us uh, a reason why this is not unreasonable right for us to ask uh, for us to for this to be asked of us because we ourselves also were sometimes foolish and disobedient, deceived, and serving divers' lust and pleasures, living in malice and envy and hateful and hating one another. Uh, I, believe, I believe there's sins listed in verse number three that are just as bad as fornication. That make a man, that God put a man in hell for just as quick as he would as sodomite. Right? Hateful and hating one another. You say, well, that's not that bad, At least I'm not a drunk. And so they'll run over 1 Corinthians 6 or somewhere like that. Why don't you run over here to Titus 3 and see how hateful you are. Oh, me, Don't kill it, preacher. We were doing so good. <laughs> No, I'm not going to do that. But right, the Lord. Um, sometimes what the Lord thinks is pretty bad. We we don't uh, we don't value as much as maybe He does. But so uh, He's talking about again. I remember where we're following up on the heels of and uh, uh, finishing up this uh, this portion of Scripture uh, that we've uh, been looking at or this chapter. Um, the, they we're following up on the heels. And he's setting things in setting things in order. He's straightening out the false doctrine and having sound doctrine. Be taught, and he's he's uh, ordained elders in every city, and he's getting the church, uh, uh, the churches that have been established, and getting them to uh, to to a place of order, and and driving out the false teachers, and uh, exhorting the older folks of uh, how they ought to be teaching the younger ones, and then uh, don't get fooled um, that grace uh, gives us a license for loose living. Right, we're we're supposed to be holy. Just because we're under grace doesn't mean we're we're living. sin and letting sin uh, just abound, that grace may abound, God forbid, how are we that are dead, how can we live any longer therein? And he follows that up and exhorting them that uh, we need to live godly and soberly and righteously and be looking for the blessed hope. And then he instructs the preacher, put him in mind to be subject and to be gentle and to be meek and to be lowly, no brawlers. And uh, we should do this because we also are just like uh, the ones that we are trying to reach in the world. And it's it's hard because the Bible said in the last days that our love of many will wax cold uh, because iniquities abound. Him. Anybody ever feel that way? You get out here in the world, and what you see is what the fruit of what a sinner is, and it's all you can see. You can't you can't hardly watch uh, 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 the news channel and, and listen to Doctor uh, uh, Fakey and uh, uh, you know, and listen to him talk without thinking. Man, what a fool! Right? But he's a sinner, lost without God, without hope in the world. And uh, we need to see through the problem. And what what we have a tendency to do is seeing all the iniquity abounding is to draw up in our little shells and forget that if we hide our light, then they die in darkness, right? They can't get saved apart from the preaching of the Word of God. And so what happens when we start looking at the sins, I mean, we've got enough to look at in ourselves, but when we start seeing other sinners and see the the fruit of what they are and we see them and they're in particular sin, we lose, we get a certain coldness because of the iniquity uh, that's abounding and you get the idea, it was like, well, nobody's listening anyway, so just let them go on do what they're going to do. They're not going to listen anyway. You don't know if they're listening or not. It didn't look like I was listening, Amber, when I said there was no God on Thursday and I'm on my knees crying to him for mercy on Saturday. Amen. Nobody could have guessed that. We're, we're just told to keep giving the word of God out and keep a tender heart towards him because somebody loved you and your filthiness. Amen right there's a God in heaven who sent his only begotten Son when you were yet sinners, Christ died for you and so the Bible says here when you were uh, you were also disobedient and deceived, there was a kindness and a love from our God, our Savior that appeared to me right. So uh, so when you see them in their disobedience and their deception and their serving of diverse lusts, there ought to be a kindness and a love towards them, right? But what do we have a tendency to do as good fundamental Baptists? They got about one shot and we'll cut them off. Well, I'm glad God didn't cut me off after one chance. They, they, God's not obligated to deal with me outside of maybe one time and I'm going to tell you God dealt with me for 25 years about this matter of salvation. I thank God he did, brother Nathan. He'd have been just the first time I said there was no God he could have turned me over and given me over to myself. And God just still faithfully kept giving me the gospel. Hallelujah. And so he is exhorting them to continue as we go on and i think we've got to remember uh, as you as, as some people uh, are being taught by this grace to live holy and godly uh, if you're not careful you'll get puffed up right and so uh, uh, you you have arrived to some sense of uh, outward perfection in your own mind, uh, and it has a you have a real tendency to be puffed up in yourself uh, and lose the fact uh, that you're supposed to be witnessing to other. God doesn't want you holy just so you can uh, get everybody to look at you and see what a great person you are, right? He wants that to show the power of the transformed life. He wants you to have a testimony behind when you give the gospel that His name be not blasphemed among the Gentiles. Right? And uh, so there's a purpose behind uh, this living, this life that we're to live so that we also because after the kindness and love look at verse 5. Not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. And I, I appreciate these, uh, these little verses here because, uh, you know, when I, when I look at uh, uh, the world and I see, a, 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 have a sense in myself of, well, there's no use. There's no point in going out there and trying to reach those people or uh, there's probably no hope for them. Look at all they're involved with. Look at the sins they're committing. When I read verses like this and I see this little word in verse 4, but it gives me great hope. There's great hope for people that are in sin. And it's in Jesus Christ, the righteous, right? It's the same hope you have and the same hope I have, right? Those people that we see day in, day out, who we think, ah, they're not going to listen anyway, or whatever it is that the devil's used to talk you out of witnessing to them. There's power in this gospel to transform their life. You just keep on giving hope to a lost world that's without hope, Right? There's hope for sinners. Hallelujah. Not a lot of hope if they they follow us, but there's a lot of hope if they'll look to Jesus. Amen. 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 And so he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, and we've preached through that. Uh, Verse number 7, that being justified by his grace, we should made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And we looked through that and seeing how that we are, uh, we looked at our adoption, we looked at the uh, heir, uh, our inheritance that we have in Christ who is appointed heir of all things, right? Uh, Christ is appointed heir of all things, and we're in him, and he's in us. And we're joint heirs with him, so um, we won't enjoy the same position in heaven. But I think we enjoy the same possessions in heaven, Amen. right? He'll always be the Lord and Lord, and the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, right? There'll be nobody bowing down, worshiping me that was worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof, right? But I'm in Him, and all that's His to enjoy is mine to enjoy, right? That's what I believe. And uh, so, hallelujah for that. I don't know what it all entails, but I want to be a part of it, don't you? He's appointed heir of all things, things to come. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. Things that's not entered in the hearts of minds of people. You're going to have a part of that. In fact, you'll get to enjoy all of it. That may be, have the reason, now I've tried to study this out. You know, we looked at being born again. And then we're waiting for the adoption, that is, the redemption of our bodies, and we're adopted. So we're born into His family. We're adopted into His family. And then the Bible says that we're we are going to be married to Him. Is that not what the Bible calls us, the bride of Christ? Amen. Now, I, I don't know that. Well, I don't get myself backed into a corner because having this surgery, my mind may really wonder if I go out into them things, and you'll leave out here thinking I'm crazy if you don't already. But you go and study that. I mean, isn't that wonderful? We're born, we're adopted, and then we're going to be married to him. The marriage supper of the Lamb. Sounds to me like we're going to be one with him all of our life. If the law down here says he's bound unto death, is that what the law said? I think if that's a resemblance of what's over in eternity, and he never dies, I have a feeling I'll, I'll be enjoying Jesus for all eternity. I'll never be broken off from him. Never. Always be with Jesus. And that's what I want. Say, well, I don't like being around Jesus now. Well, don't go to heaven. He's the light of that city. There'll be no more sun. Well, I don't like worshiping Jesus. Well, you better go somewhere else. You don't want to go to heaven. Because in heaven, it's going to be worshiping Jesus forever and forever. Hallelujah. Now, Let's finish, let's go through here now and look. We've we've looked at these things. Just scratched the surface of being heirs and being made heirs. Uh, you know, he's made us meet to be partakers, of the heirs of the saints in light, and all those wonderful things. And and so he uh, ends in verse number seven, being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according uh, to the hope of eternal life. And so uh, that is a great verse. And then verse number eighty says, "This is a faithful saying, and these things." I will that thou affirm constantly and so this word affirm means to maintain as true to establish constantly and uh, these things are you say well you know I've, I hear a preacher uh, preach on these things over and over throughout the years. well I hope they don't get old for you to hear because he said affirm them constantly. And so, uh, I want to be a, I want to be faithful to do that and consistently. He said, I don't want you to just go in there and just preach at one time. I want you to confirm it constantly. Well, how constantly? Well, uh, if he's going to be heading back to meet Paul by winter, I'd say he had to mention it two or three, maybe four times in a year. If he wants him to, Titus to affirm it constantly. And so, uh, uh, you say, well, all I hear is about how wonderful it is to be saved. Well, just get used to it because it's wonderful to be saved. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Well, I have to hear this person gets up and all the time they stand up and I get so tired of hearing them thanking the Lord for saving them. I've never one time gotten tired of somebody saying, thank God for saving me. And you've probably heard my testimony a hundred times. You might hear it 101 before the week's out. Because I've never got over that day, that hour. And affirm it constantly. This is a faithful saying. This is uh, uh, things that I want to be affirmed constant. And I want you to uh, look at the next part, comma, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. Now uh, we 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 have a good idea of what that word means. We want to uh, affirm these things constantly. This is a, a faithful saying, and these things I will that I will affirm constantly. That they which have believed in God might just enjoy life and just wait till God takes them to heaven. Don't worry about nothing else. No, that's back over there in Third Corinthians again, or Third Opinions. Some people call it. No. It was before ordained that we should walk in them, right? Good works We're saved unto good works. Not of works, but unto works, right? And so he said, I want you to affirm constantly. Uh, and here's, I think, one of the things we need to affirm constantly. That they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. You know, if you, if you watch uh, one thing I've been doing since they've cut my gut here and done this repair and put on, done all this, I, I, I tell you, when I used to get up out of a chair, I'd just pop up out of that chair as quick as you could. I'm going to show you about how I get up now. Oh, me! Please don't let it hurt. Oh, Because I'm a man, things hurt a lot worse than me than it does to you ladies. You'll never know what it's like for us to hurt. Am I telling it right? I'm careful. The, the little girls run up to me and want to hug me and it's like, uh-uh. I give them the Heisman trophy block. You know, no, please don't. Right? You're careful. I'm careful with this thing. I've got, I got an open wounds. The, and, and, and you're careful with it. You, 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 you don't want anybody to uh, mess it up. You're uh, careful to maintain. The doctor said, okay, I don't want you to lift anything for so long. I want you to do this. And I'm careful to make sure because I want that to go right. Here's what the Bible said. This is the idea of the word careful. I want you to be careful to maintain. Okay, so what did he start off saying? I want you to be ready. You're saved unto good works. It was before ordained that you should walk in them. And so he said, I want you to be zealous of good works. And he used that word. That means prepared in your mind. I want you to be ready unto every good work. Is that what he said? And now he follows that up, but it's not enough just to be foreordained to him, and that you should walk in them and that be God's purpose for you and that's a peculiar people that we're uh, zealous of good works and then that you're prepared and ready yourself for any good work that needs to be accomplished. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, I gave gave to this ministry last week. It's time for so-and-so to give a little bit. No, it's not about what they should be doing or what they're not doing. I need to be ready to every good work, right? Well, I'm always the one helping people. Somebody else is going to have to do it this time. I've heard people say that. Well, aren't you just ready for your big cookie from Jesus? (laughs) Get over yourself. You're not that good anyway. Amen? Amen and uh, so uh, uh, he said uh, be, of good works, be prepared in the good works be ready have yourself ready to be able looking for opportunities that I can meet in somebody's life and do some good for somebody you know what most people are looking for opportunities for somebody to help them and if they don't get it met they'll put it on Facebook and so they just uh, I just have a prayer request oh please why don't you just put it out there and say hey somebody give me some money I got more respect for that than a prayer request. Well, I, I'm not trying to make a... Yeah, you are. That's why you put it out there. You want somebody to give to you. Right? Just put it out there. Missionary, right? You, got, you need money? Hey, look, it takes money to operate these things. You put it out there. We, we're, not, we're big people. We want to give to it. Right? I see people go on there and say, Well, I want you to pray for me. I can't pay my light bill. Well, if you'd quit smoking cigarettes and drinking beer, you might pay it. You don't want nobody praying for that. You want to live in sin and let the church pay for it. God help us. Right? So I've got a mind that's looking for opportunity to do good for others and I'm ready to do that. And then he comes down to this part and he said, be careful to maintain good works. So what's he saying there? Well, uh, it's not enough that I just do this or I just do that and then I stop. No, I am constantly continuing to be careful to be able to continue to do good works. So I've got to take great care, not just to do something. You know, we talked about being ready unto every good work. You know how um, uh, if you get yourself in debt, you can't give. Or if you get yourself into a position uh, where you've obligated yourself uh, to, to, to not be able uh, because of some kind of sin in your life where you're not able to be there for somebody. Or uh, just various things like that to work your life into a position where you can meet people's needs, right? Well, I'm not going to witness to that person. Well, they're going to go to hell if you don't. Well, I'm not going to because I, I got angry with my kids earlier today and I just don't feel worthy. You, anybody ever thought like that, right? You got, then, then you're then to have to quit getting angry with your kids, get yourself under control, right? God's given you the power to do it. There's no excuse for it. And so because we can't have anything in the way, when somebody needs witness to, you've got to give them the gospel. We don't, they, they can't go to hell because you don't feel good about yourself today. Right? So you're ready for that. You're careful, okay, and you're, you're you're preparing yourself. You're ready to be able when when an opportunity. To, when I told you about my daddy who was in no shape. Somebody called and said, uh, "Hey, I need you to pray for me." Are you in the shape right now that if I called you at home and said, "Would you pray for me?" Would you feel in any shape be able to pray for me? We got to be ready for good work. See. That's why i be careful as a pastor. I always want to be in a position, if you call me or you text me and you say, Preacher, I need you to pray for me, I want to be in a position where I can go to God and pray for you and not feel like, well, it's going to take me an hour to get right with God first. I can't pray for you. I can't even get through one for myself. Right? I don't want to be that way. So then he comes down here and we get to this part where he said, Be careful to maintain good works. Well, what happens to us over time? Well, what we find out over time is we weren't doing good works to the glory of God. We were doing good works to the glory of ourselves. So what happens to us? You know, I have done X, Y, and Z, and I've not got one thank you. I'm done doing stuff for people. Well, X, Y, and Z got you nothing in heaven. Because you was obviously doing it for yourself. Right? Come on. Being careful to maintain good works. I can't let nothing come in between me and doing good works for other people. Not so that I can get saved. God's, that question's been answered, right? I'm as good as in heaven. Amen. But I need to be careful to maintain them. I have to be careful and keep my life as I go forward and move forward all the day long to be careful to make sure that I'm practicing good works. Amen. Why? Because these things are good and profitable unto men. It's profitable to you, and it's profitable to your neighbor. Right? Right? Say, well, they don't really appreciate it. You know all I've done for them? I don't care if they appreciate it or not. You can't do it for somebody to appreciate it or not. If you maintain good works based on the premises of what people do with it, you are going to fail miserably. Ask most people that are out of church today. They got out because somebody made them mad, somebody done something, this or that. Right? Right? Well, if you would just serve God and serve others for the glory of God, it's all nearly impossible to be knocked out. Now, I understand how easy it is. Please don't get me wrong. I got a flesh too. But if you'll keep your eyes on the author and finisher of your faith, it's nearly impossible to fall out with Jesus. Now, I can fall out with you multiple times a day. But you won't ever find nothing in Jesus to fall out with him over. Right? So be careful. Why, why do we get this idea that, uh, that the Christian life, once we're saved, we, got, we can just live so carelessly? We can, the Christian life's not a careless life. It's a calculating life. Amen. It's a life that every day, every hour, every decision that we want to walk in the will of God and walk in the spirit of God for the glory of God. Don't you? I do. And I want to help people. Don't you? And so, uh, being careful to maintain good works. Some people are living off of what they used to be. Uh, Well, I used to be a good Christian. I used to do this. I used to be faithful. For all my life, I did this. I helped people. I prayed this. Well, that was good back then. What about today? Right? Right? A lot of people are living on the spirituality of what they used to be and think they can just coast in the end. No, be careful to maintain good works all the way through your life. Be careful to do that. And if I could exhort you, because this world needs some people in love with Jesus that are wanting to do good for others. There are a dime a dozen out here looking for ways to get themselves uh, pleased in some manner. Right, the selfishness of our country is imme- is measurable. That's a word I could use. Well, you want to be different in today's society? Deny yourself, Amen. take up your cross, and follow Jesus Amen. with eyes that are looking to do good for others. You'll be you'll be a weirdo. Be careful to maintain good works. We're careful about a lot of things in our Christian life. And I, th- I think we should be. I'm careful that I'm dressed right because I don't want somebody to say something bad about me. That's most of why people dress right. They don't do it for God. Yeah. They mostly do it so people will think well of them. Not ever mind. Even a lot of folks do that. And I'm for dressing right. I'm careful trying to maintain my Bible reading, my Bible study. I'm trying to be careful to pray and faithfully pray. I try to be careful about that as much as I possibly can. I try to be careful to be faithful to church. And I have since God saved me. The CIA, the the undercover IFB Baptist didn't send a search party out to find me. Buddy, when God saved me, put me in church, that's where I've been since I've been saved. By God's grace. And I've tried to be careful to do that. It's not always been easy. I've tried being careful about a whole lot of things. But you know what I find out? Because all those things seem to be, and we get the idea that good work. Here's, here's why we let, you know, you know what I find is the easiest thing to let go? Witnessing and doing good for other people. Doing things for others is pretty easy to just let that go. And I find that in most people, here's what they do. When they get offended, they get hurt, whatever happens in their life, everybody else, they can just write them off and think, well, you know what? I'll just sit at home and I'll still read my Bible and I'll still pray and I'll just be right with God. You are lying to yourself. Amen. That is not true. Because God saved you under good works. You can't please God unless you're doing. Right? So how are you doing that when you're sitting at home? Well, I read my Bible, I study and I pray and, and man, I, I'm, I'm living right, keep myself out of sin, that's great. But you're absolutely useless. These people dying, going to hell while you're sitting at home, holy as can be. And so I don't understand why that happens. I don't, I don't know why And say, well, I'm going to keep going, but I'm just going But for some reason, doing good works, doing good deeds, doing things for others is one of the easiest things to just let go. And I don't know why that is. I, I, I guess just our, 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 our nature is so prideful and so needy. I, I don't know what all there is to explain. But our country is suffering not because of uh, liberals and leftists in Washington. It's because of the, the coldness towards sinners and towards lost people in the church. The coldness of God's people. Now, we'll do good for one another. But very rarely for those outside. Right? right? Yes. Amen. Amen. We kind of fall in love. When we, when we have a feast, w- w- are we bidding the right people to come eat? Yeah. Maybe Amen. we should think about that sometimes. Right. When's the last time you had somebody over uh, that uh, needed the gospel? The poor. We're not right. talking about physically poor, we about the poor in the gospel's sake. I've had a lot of folks over, a lot of preachers, a lot of Christians. I'd probably count on one hand how many lost people I've invited to come over for dinner, try to witness to them about Jesus, maybe two hands. Maybe I'm missing it somewhere. You ever think maybe we're missing it somewhere? Maybe it's not that they hate how we dress in our King James Bible and they hate. Maybe that's not it. Maybe, maybe they just know we really don't care about them, right? Uh, yeah. So I don't know what's come into your life that's caused you to, to look at life and say, well, I, I don't have to do good works anymore. I, I, I don't know what it is that's coming in your life, but I want to exhort you to get back to what you're saved unto and be careful to maintain some good works in your life. And we could go through and look at what all constitutes a a good work. I'm not not talking about works of righteousness. I'm talking about good works. And so these things, I want you to confirm that they have believed in God. Might be careful to maintain good works. I'm going to be done. These things are good and they're profitable unto men. That's what I like about that. Is God's not going to forget your work and labor of love. So not only is it helping you, but it's laying up treasures for me over there too. Right? Now, let's get through this here quickly. We need to be careful to maintain good works. And I've heard a lot of good testimonies. Boy, I'm so glad God saved me. I, I'm, I, I'm thrilled that God put me in his family. I, I, thank, I, I thank God uh, for God put me in his church. I thank God. Uh, well, let's put some feet on it. Right? Let's put some feet on it. If you're so thankful God saved you, why don't you go tell somebody else about it? Maybe God saved them too. Right? Hey, I'm thrilled to hear it. I'd like to hear it every time we have service about how you're thankful to be saved and how God saved you. But I tell you who really needs to hear that they're thankful that God saved you. I, I tell you who needs to really hear your testimony about your faithfulness to God. Amen. Amen. Right? The world needs to hear that. When's the last time you it was out and about? I mean, I'm not saying it's easy to do in here. It's hard to praise God in here, even. But how how long has it been since you were out there in the world and you just stopped your wait, waitress to you come by and said, "You know what? I want to tell you something. I'm thankful God saved me." That's been a while. And I'm not attacking nobody. Don't die on me. I appreciate them in here. They're sitting there going, "I ain't never going to testify in there." Then, no, I love to hear it. It never gets old to me. I love to hear people praise Jesus. I love it. But what, what cuts my heart is I can do it in here. It's fairly easy for me and my temperament and my personality and various things. It's pretty easy for me to do it in here. But when I get out there, why does it seem nearly impossible when that's the one person that needs to hear it? Amen. God, help us to be careful to maintain good work. Don't let nothing come in between you and that. Avoid foolish questions. Here's, here's where we spend a whole lot of time. Seems like we don't spend a whole lot of time in good works. Here's where we spend a lot of time. We spend a lot of time in foolish questions. Our preachers are mad about this and see who's right on a particular subject or text. And, um, I don't want to get into that. Genealogies and contentions, strivings about the law. These things are unprofitable and they're vain. Well, we could go into that for a while, couldn't we? There was a, I wrote this down, but there's a story that goes along with these, with these things. I'm going I'm to wrap it up because there's, there's just, we'll come back. We've got to finish up and come back to Romans tonight. But we need to be careful to maintain, all God's done for us, we need to be careful to maintain good works. Whether anybody appreciates it or not, just keep doing it for the Lord. And, and here's what we need to quit wasting time doing. And avoid foolish questions genealogies, contentions, and strivings about the law because they are unprofitable and a complete waste of time. Now, I was going to go back to Timothy and read this. I'm saying this for a purpose. There was a man that told a story, and I think I believe this, but he told a story about a man who was always in the book of Revelation and he was constantly asking questions about various subjects and you know, there's a lot about the book of the Revelation that, you know, this can be very confusing. And, and so he just spent nearly all of his time studying those things out and trying to figure everything out. And he asked his buddy at work one time, he said, uh, uh, Man, these seven trumpets, I, I just cannot figure it out. What do you think those seven trumpets are? Uh, let me ask you. And he, and he just had this big long conversation about the seven trumpets. And his buddy said, If you would pay attention more to your seven children and less of the seven trumpets, you might actually get something done in life. Now, that, that, that'll that get you on it. Trying to figure out what the seven trumpets are and people dying, going to hell around us. And I'm for figuring it out. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of times what you'll find out, and let me say this, you young people and all of us, as we, I, I was going to go into this, um, but we'll, we're, we're going to wrap things up with that um, uh, little bit of, uh, of idea because I've, I've seen a lot of that lately. I see a lot of time spent on social media trying to figure out, you know, certain doctrines and straight, everybody's trying to straighten everybody out. Everybody's right. and, everybody, and we've, By the time we've done that, there's no telling how many people have gone to hell and how many more people are confused. Amen. People are so confused. And it's usually, it's a lot of times it's preachers arguing about this and that. And, and people end up more confused than they've ever been. And uh, I wonder what good we could have done if we would just put that down and spent 30 minutes out on the street telling somebody about Jesus. Right? Trying to straighten everybody out. And, um, what, I, what I want to end with you on this, especially young folks, when we go out witnessing, y'all been going out some, and you're going out, I'm going to tell you what you'll find out most of the time. That you got to be careful of. You'll find out when you go out here to, and, and do these good works that your pastors exhorted you to do. And um, <clears throat> you're trying to give the gospel out and tell people about how God saved you. What you're going to find out is a lot of foolish questions are going to come up. Yeah. Amen. And this doesn't just happen when you're, when you're trying to witness the lost people. But if you ever find out when you try to really dig down and help somebody in their life and you start talking to them about Jesus, they're going to come up with some kind of crazy stuff, you know, about the gap theory. Or uh, they're going to try to come up with some kind of crazy, uh, uh, you know, well, there's no evidence for God. There's no scientific proof about, about God or about, and I believe one man said it right, that is rarely really the problem. That's just an excuse, a a smoke screen to get them, to get you distracted. When you get out here witnessing to people and they start wanting to go off about Cain and Abel about all this stuff, I don't have the answers to all that, but this much I know. Christ died for our sins according to scripture, was buried, and rose again. And if you don't believe that, you're going to go to hell. Let's bring it back around to the simplicity of the gospel. Because they'll try to get you fooled with a bunch of questions and try to figure out and try to get you uh, tongue-tied and talking about all this stuff. Well, what about in Revelations? you think that really means uh, that a man looks like this, but he's also got the tail of They're going to come up with all kinds of crazy stuff. Look, I don't know, but this much I know, Jesus is coming. and You better be born again or you're going to die and split hell wide open. Amen. Right? And I find that all the time, even when you're dealing with Christians and they've been wrong and they've gotten out of the will of God and they backslid on God. And you try to go and talk to them and say, Well, uh, there's somebody I'm thinking of right now. And you try to get them, exhort them to get right with God and come back. Well, they always want to go about, Well, do you remember so and so that preacher and all he's done? And do you remember about all this stuff? And do you remember about Susie? Remember Sally, how she yelled at my kids one time? And do you remember? Good night, friend. Jesus is coming. Sally died 20 years ago for heaven's sake. Amen. Get over yourself. Good night. It's time to get right with God. Amen. Amen. But they want to go on about, about a bunch of foolish stuff and talk about all kinds of silly. Look, friend, let's just get down to the simplicity of the gospel, and the gospel is very, very clear, it's so clear, even a child can comprehend it. Amen. You're a sinner. You're unrighteous, you're ungodly, you're unholy. Christ died to set you free from your sins and make you righteous and holy. And he ascended into the heavens where he's seated now and you must believe on him. Don't fight about a bunch of foolish stuff. When you get out here, I'm telling you, you're going to have folks, when you get out there, am I telling it right, brother, Easley, you're going, all you're going to have is people that's just going to come up and they don't want to talk about the fact they're a sinner. Right well, let's not deal with that, but uh, uh, they want to go on about all kinds of other foolish stuff. don't chase rabbit don't try to because I have people here here why are you saying that because a lot of people will not want to go out and witness or they don't want to talk about the Lord because they feel like they don't know enough. you don't have to be a theologian to witness for Jesus because when they start going and running rabbit trails about genealogies, just cut them off and say the only one that matters is the genealogy of Christ. Only one that matters is that you're in Him, right? You can just always bring it back around. Don't go on that foolishness. Well, you know, uh, you and Muslims believe the same thing. You know, it's all about. God. Don't chase all that junk with them. Just, just stand on what's true and what's right. Just keep it simple. Isn't that right? And. And so don't, don't think, well, I don't know enough to be able to do anything. I don't know, what if somebody asked me stuff about the rapture and stuff about the future and stuff about Revelation? You don't have to go into all that. All you got to do is point people to Jesus. And that's pretty easy to do, isn't it? Lord, we love you. Uh, thank you for the day. I appreciate the good service this morning. Thank you for our visitors. Thank you for our uh, faithful folks. Thank you for those that may be here lost. Pray especially for them. That their minds would lay hold of the simplicity of the gospel in the sense of being able to comprehend it. I pray, Lord, you'd help them to see that their only hope is in Christ Jesus, our precious Lord. And then help us that are saved. And Lord, we've been through so many battles and so many discouragements and so many things just to keep our eyes on the Lord and keep doing good until Christ comes. We love you. Forgive us where we fail you. In Jesus' name, amen. You stand to your feet. We'll get ready to be dismissed. If you need the altar, you come on. What are we singing, Brother Ray? 252. 252.